Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Well, hey there, everybody. As we get started, I have a question for all of you listening to me right now. How many of you can honestly say that you believe in the power of prayer? Just think about that, you know, nod your head if you do, maybe raise your hand at home. Okay, for those of you who do believe in the power of prayer, how many of you would still say that you could be a lot more consistent in your praying? That you could pray with much more faith? You know, it's interesting, right? I mean, why is it that we as followers of Jesus, we know that we can go boldly before the throne of God's grace? Like we know that the God of heaven hears us, that he responds to our faith, that he answers our prayers. And yet so often our prayer lives are inconsistent, haphazard, and sometimes lacking faith. Like why is that? Well, my theory is that a lot of us love and honor God, but we really don't feel like we're very good when it comes to praying. And maybe that's because you know some people who are really, really good at it. Like you're in a prayer meeting with them and after they pray, you're going, okay, I'm not praying out loud after that. And we get prayer envy. Have you ever known someone who's so good at praying? It's almost like they're a professional prayer. Meaning that when they pray, you're convinced God is going, whoa, that was a good prayer right there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes people think there's an implicit point system when it comes to praying. Like if you add a Bible verse in your prayer, then you get bonus points, right? And so someone's praying along. They're saying, God, we pray that you would be with us in a mighty way. And as you say in your word in Isaiah 54, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And you're thinking, man, that girl can pray. I mean, she just threw in that Bible verse. I had no idea where that reference was from. Or you get bonus points if you bind up the devil in your prayers. Because when you bind the devil, people are like, "Mm, yeah, yeah. And then if someone says, yes, Lord, while you're praying, ding, 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 like more bonus points. You know what I'm talking about? You know, early on in my Christian life, I really didn't feel like I was very good when it came to praying. I felt like a pointless prayer. I was intimidated to pray out loud. In fact, there were certain Christians who really intimidated me. They would say things like, hey, let's get together and pray for like an hour. And I'm thinking, an hour? (laughs) No thanks. I mean, five minutes, that's an accomplishment for me. So if you struggle with prayer, I get it. I've been there. I mean, there have been times in the past when I'm praying and I'm just so bored with my own prayers that I'm convinced God's up in heaven going, oh man, you done yet? He's kind of yawning at my prayers like he's not even into them. Have you ever felt that way? Like you're stuck in an old routine, a prayer rut. I think that's a big problem for a lot of us. And maybe, just maybe, at the root of it, for some of us, the biggest problem is our prayers are just too safe. Like they're predictable, mundane, routine, rote prayers. God bless this food, this greasy cheeseburger and fries. Not deep. God, please keep me safe, be with me, help me to find a good parking spot, whatever. A lot of times I wonder if the all-powerful God in heaven looks down on our prayers and he's insulted by how safe they are. But what if our prayers were never meant to be safe? 
What if we started praying some really gutsy prayers? What if living the Christian life following Jesus was never meant to be safe? See, I think it's time that we get real with our praying. And that's what I want to address in this particular series. You know, we talk a lot around here about doing life with God. And do you know where that starts? It starts with talking to God. Like just living your life as if he's always right there beside you because he is. Including God in your thoughts, your decisions, your actions, because he wants to show up and just provide you with supernatural wisdom and supernatural power. In short, it's living as if God is real and present. And that starts with your prayer life. So over the next few weeks, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some very gutsy prayers that you can incorporate into your life. And I'm going to be excited to hear stories in the coming weeks about how God is moving and working as a result of these prayers. Now, the gutsy prayer I want to talk about today is found in Acts chapter 4. And let me just give you the context here, all right? Peter and John, they've been preaching with great faith about the death and resurrection of Jesus. And they've been praying for miracles. And they run across this guy who for 40 years has not been able to walk. Well, they pray for him. God miraculously heals him. And then all of a sudden, he's walking around. It's a miracle. But the problem is, the Sadducees, the captain of the temple guard, the religious leaders, they kind of feel like Peter and John are leading a cultic movement. And so they arrest him, put him in prison, then put him on trial the next day before what's known as the Sanhedrin. Okay, that was a group of Jewish religious rulers. And so they're encircled by the Sanhedrin. And this is the question that they ask Peter and John. They say, by what power or in whose name have you done this? Have you healed this man? And Peter responded with this crazy bold statement in Acts 4.10. He says, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Okay, that was gutsy, right? I mean, that was bold beyond measure. And Peter's basically saying, you killed him and God raised him up. Like, that's in your face. Peter is not pulling any punches right here. And one of the reasons this is such a powerful, bold statement is not just because Peter said, you killed him. But when Peter said, God raised him from the dead, the Sadducees, they did not believe in any form of bodily resurrection. Peter was essentially making a declaration of war here. He's saying, you know what? You killed him, God raised him up, and I'm declaring war. And because of this boldness, verse 13 says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They're blown away that these regular, ordinary, unschooled guys were so bold. And it's kind of a funny scripture because the word ordinary here in the Greek is idiotes. And that's the word from which we get our term idiots. And they're blown away by these idiots who had nothing special about them, but they were incredibly bold in their faith for Jesus. Well, suddenly there's a bit of a problem here, right? The religious leaders looking on, they've got this guy who obviously couldn't walk and now he can. And so there's been a miracle and they know it. But they're also afraid that Peter and John and this movement are going to take over. So they got to shut it down. And so they resort to threatening them. And they say, well, you know what? Stop talking about Jesus. 
Stop preaching Jesus. However you're doing these miracles, cut it out. Like if you talk about Jesus again, we're going to arrest you. We're going to beat you. We're going to execute you. You know, shut up. Stop talking about Jesus or you will pay. Now, how do you think Peter and John responded? Knowing that they could be beaten, tortured, possibly lose their lives, what did they do? Well, they did what we often do when we're under stress. They prayed. But let me tell you what these men did not pray. Like they didn't pray, oh God, you know, keep us safe from these bad guys. God, please don't let anything bad happen to us. God, I just want a nice job with a good 401k. I want to be happily married and left alone. Like I just want to go to my small group and listen to my Christian music and just be comfortable. They didn't pray anything like that. With the threat of death, they prayed a very gutsy prayer. Why? Because following Jesus was never meant to be safe. Let me show you this prayer that they prayed because this is going to be the prayer that we're going to pray as a church this week. And who knows, maybe in the coming weeks and months, you'll incorporate this prayer into your prayer life on a regular basis. But this is what they said to God. And now, O Lord, hear their threats. In other words, you know they plan to beat us and kill us if we talk about you. Hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. You know, make me bold, God. Make us bold. Give us unshakable spiritual conviction so that we have the faith and the courage to obey you no matter the cost, God. Even though it may be painful, make me bold. And all the religious leaders were amazed by their boldness. Question for all of you who are believers. How amazed are people by your boldness? Okay, think about this. Like on a scale of one to 10, with one being not bold at all and 10 being super, super bold. How amazed are people by your boldness? You know, some of you, you may be a little humble, a little modest and say, well, I'm probably a seven or an eight. When in truth, you're like a nine or a 10. Like everybody everywhere knows where you stand. I mean, that you've been transformed by the grace of God, that you have spiritual fruit in your life. I mean, sometimes you speak up publicly. Other times you don't even have to because just your presence represents the goodness and greatness of God. Like everybody knows you're a committed disciple, a committed follower of Jesus. Now, others of you, if you're really honest, you might say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I really don't tell anybody. I don't talk about it much. I'm probably like a a two or a three on the lower side of the scale meaning that you have people that you work with and if they found out you were a Christian, they would say, what? Really? I had no idea. Like we've been on the same team for four years. I mean, you go to Hill Country Bible Church? I go to Hill Country Bible Church too. But I had no idea that you were a follower of Jesus. In other words, if we drill that down, what they're saying is I didn't see any real fruit. Like there's nothing in your life that would get evidence that you're a follower of the one who gave his life for you and you don't ever really talk about it. I mean, just be honest, like how amazed are people by your boldness? You know, back when I was in high school, I had eyes for one girl and one girl only. We were in orchestra together and somewhere along the line, we did the whole exchange the wallet size photo thing. And I can remember looking at her picture sometimes just for hours on end and thinking, you know what, I'm going to marry this girl. This is a true story. Okay, I'm 16. She's 14 at the time. And initially we were just friends. Of course, I wanted it to be more than that. 
But I was afraid I was going to screw things up somehow, right? And so I was always playing it safe, trying to act calm, cool, and collected around her, you know. Uh, on the whole boldness meter, that scale of 1 to 10, my boldness was probably about a 0.3, something like that. And spoiler alert, okay, we eventually dated, ended up getting married. It's my wife, Wendy, today. But you know what? I mean, she was the one to really initiate the relationship in so many ways. She was the first one to reach out and hold my hand. She initiated our first kiss. <laughs> so that's kind of a boldness low light for me. Okay, I wasn't very bold at all. I guess what I lacked in boldness, I made up for in tenacity. But that's kind of a low light story for me. Now you fast forward a number of years and I'll share a boldness highlight with you. I had a friend who was working for the sheriff's department. He worked in the K-9 unit and one of the dogs that he served with that he really, really loved passed away. And this dog, Chico, was very well known, responsible for catching a lot of criminals, millions of dollars of drug busts. And to make a long story short, they asked me to be the minister at a memorial service for this dog. Okay, I've never done anything like that in the past uh, and never in the future either. It was the only time I've ever done something like that. But I agreed to step in and do that. And it turned out to be a very high profile event. I mean, there were hundreds of people there. You got police officers, people in the sheriff's department, city officials. Uh, the news network showed up. It was all on camera. It was a big, big deal. And they expected me, I'm sure, to say some nice things about God-loving animals and praising Chico. And What they probably didn't expect, though, was for me to put the gospel message in there and really give a bold challenge to every person in that room. And yeah, I did talk about how God loves animals and how animals can be such a blessing to us. And I shared with all of them that I believe that God can resurrect our beloved pets in heaven one day if he chooses to do that. I shared all of that. But with the news cameras rolling, I also told them that there's no way they're going to be in heaven unless they put their faith in Jesus as their Savior. And that the saddest thing would not be if Chico were not in heaven. The saddest thing would be if Chico were there and you were not. And then I led them in prayer and exhorted every one of them to put their faith, their trust in Jesus. And I could tell by the expressions on the faces around the room that they were not expecting that. Many of them were stunned. And afterwards, I actually got some emails from Christians who said they were surprised by what I did, but really inspired by my boldness. So there's kind of a low light story and a highlight story from my life. But back to our question, how amazed are people by your boldness? Like when people look at you, would they say, oh yeah, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that person is a follower of Jesus. Or would they say, you know, I didn't even know you were a Christian, really. How amazed are people by your boldness? Now let's look back at this very bold prayer because I want you to see what God did here. Peter and John prayed this. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Okay, here's what I love about this. Okay, you got to catch the order here. It's very important. See, after the prayer, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and then they went out and preached with boldness. After the prayer, they got filled up with the Holy Spirit and then 
they had the boldness. So you may say, I'm not naturally a bold person. I'm kind of quiet, a bit more timid, more reserved. I'm the laid back type. I, I don't like to be very public with my faith. Listen, in a biblical sense, boldness is not a personality trait. I mean, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you can be naturally quiet, but all of a sudden you are filled with courage and boldness and faith and you just get out and you preach it because it's not coming from your personality. It's coming from the Holy Spirit inside of you. And I really love this when you think about where did the boldness come from? You know, they didn't put in their AirPods and play their favorite pump up song. Like, what are you doing? Well, you know, I'm, I'm working on my boldness. Like, Jesus, Jesus. No, no, no. Didn't come from there. They prayed, then they were filled with the Spirit, and then they were filled with boldness to preach the Word of God. Prayer, filling of the Spirit, boldness. Now, be very careful here. If you pray this gutsy prayer, make me bold, all of a sudden you may start seeing opportunities to be bold in ways you never saw before. Be forewarned. Maybe you're thinking, what, you know, like, Am I going to have to give a speech or something? I hate public speaking. Not that, right? Like, here's my PowerPoint presentation. I'm going to have to present it at work and why this is a, a good deal for our business. Now, will you have to do that? I don't know. Maybe so, maybe not. There are innumerable ways that the Holy Spirit may prompt you to be bold. I mean, you may just be in a conversation with somebody talking and all of a sudden you feel the urge to say, hey, can I just pray for you right now? And you don't ever really do that. You've never really prayed out loud before. And the next thing you know, you're right there calling heaven down and trusting God's power to come and touch this hurting person right in front of you. Or maybe you're in a meeting and there's something inappropriate. And you very lovingly and appropriately say, hey, no, let's not do that. We can be better people than this. And you, and you kind of step in. Or everybody else is gossiping about someone, talking trash, and, and you just don't participate. Or maybe you walk away, or even more bold, maybe you say, hey, look, we can be better than this, and you step in. You know, maybe you're bold by dressing modestly in a culture where nobody else seems to dress very modestly. Or maybe you're bold because you say, you know what, I'm not hooking up like everybody else. I mean, that may be your thing, but I'm called to a different lifestyle, and you declare, I'm saving myself. I mean, that's really, really bold. It may just be you see someone's hurting and you step in to, to comfort them, to counsel them, to encourage them. What will happen if you pray, make me bold? Who knows? God can do all kinds of crazy things. Now, what would happen this week if you set an alarm on your phone? And before you go to class, before you go to work, before wherever you go, right, when that alarm goes off, you take a moment and just say, God, would you make me bold today? Would you give me the faith to believe that you're going to show up and do things that only you can do? Make me bold. You know, Peter and John, with a very real possibility of being persecuted, they kept on praying. They kept on preaching. You know, they kept on seeing miracles, angels showing up, crazy things happening, people coming to faith. Even though the religious leaders were saying, stop doing this, we're going to stop you. They kept on doing it. Take a look at Acts 15, or 5.18 rather. It says, They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, essentially get back to work, boys. Then he told them, go to the temple and give the people this message of life. 
Okay, if you're daring enough to pray this gutsy, dangerous, faith-filled prayer, make me bold, then let me show you three attributes of boldness that you can count on, that I promise you you'll see. All right, the first one, it's not very fun, but it's true. And it's this. Boldness almost always triggers spiritual opposition. Boldness is going to trigger spiritual opposition. I mean, it says they arrested the apostles and put them in a public jail. Folks, that's the second time that week that they have been put in jail. You know, a lot of times people will say, good grief, I'm trying to live for Jesus and things just aren't going very well, right? Well, serving Jesus, that's not a formula for things going smoothly in your life. If you serve Jesus faithfully, you can count on some kind of opposition. In fact, I don't worry when things are going in opposition to me, when I'm facing some kind of opposition for being obedient to God. I kind of worry when I'm not, because that may mean I'm not being obedient to God. I mean, hear me on this. When you pray, make me bold, all of a sudden you'll find yourself standing up in the name of Jesus and things won't always go well. Like people will talk about you behind your back, make fun of you, laugh at you. They may not invite you to their parties. They may pass over you for that job promotion. Uh, People may not want their kids hanging out with your kids. I mean, the bottom line is if you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, then you're not ready to be used by God. Boldness almost always triggers spiritual opposition. All right, the second thing is kind of exciting, and it's simply this. Boldness often releases God's miracles. You know, Acts 5.19, it's kind of a, a funny verse to me. Peter and John, they're in prison, okay? And Luke is recording this, and the way he records it kind of makes me laugh. He says, but an angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates to the jail, and brought them out. Okay, just very matter of fact here, right? No exclamation point. No, you're not going to believe what happened next. I mean, it was the most amazing thing. Not, hey, hey, listen to this. They're in jail, and an angel shows up. Like 10 feet tall, eyes of blazing fire, sword the size of a Honda Accord. Now, none of that, just an angel showed up. People, if an angel shows up behind me, get the photo. I'm posting it online. The hashtag angel wings, I don't know. I mean, that is crazy cool. But Luke just says, you know what? They're preaching, they're praying, they're in jail. The angel shows up, lets them out. Yeah, the end. You know, in other words, I think this is what Luke is saying. When you're walking in obedience to God, you're just not surprised by the miracles of God. Let me say that again. When you walk in obedience to God, you're not surprised by the miracles of God. I mean, he just shows up. He's just faithful. And when you start praying, make me bold, the next thing you know, you are bold. And suddenly you start seeing God's power at work in ways you never saw before. And maybe all of a sudden you pray out loud and you're not even used to praying out loud. And you're nervous about that, but it's like the prayer is coming from somewhere else because maybe it is. Or somebody asks you a question, you don't know the answer, but then all of a sudden out of nowhere, this scripture pops into your brain. You're like, where did that come from? Well, when you walk in obedience to God, you're not surprised by the miracles of God. Okay, the third thing I hope you'll get is this, that without a doubt, boldness always requires faith. Boldness requires faith. 
You pray, make me bold, and I can promise you, you're going to have to live by faith in a way you haven't in a long time. This angel shows up and opens the door and says this to Peter and John. Go to the temple and give the people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple, as they were told, and immediately began teaching. All right, so what did the angel say? Essentially, <laughs> go back and do what you've already done that got you arrested two times. Like, keep doing, doing that. You know, the, the thing that, that may get you killed. Go, go, go do that. See, it's always going to take faith to pray, make me bold. And you may not see it in the moment, but you have no idea what God may set into motion through a single act of bold obedience. Now, here's the good news, okay? Peter and John, they're bold. They're mega bold. They serve Jesus faithfully. So do you know how God blesses and rewards them? Well, let me tell you about it. Peter ends up marrying his high school sweetheart. You know, John meets someone online, falls equally in love. And, and they have this perfect wedding at the Jerusalem chapel, amazing Instagram photos. You know, Peter takes his bride to Jamaica. John takes his girl to the Bahamas. They have this sweet honeymoon. They come back. They're best of friends. And then riding the wave of the resurrection, these miraculous healings, they start a consulting business together. And it just goes wild beyond their expectations. And they're living comfortably. In fact, they make so much money that in their early 50s, they sell the business, retire in the mountains, and raise their grandkids happily ever after. Because when you're boldly obedient to Jesus, things always get better in your life, right? Isn't that so? No. No, no, no. They end up in jail. Eventually, they're persecuted. Eventually, they're killed for their faith and their association with Jesus. But hear me on this. They experienced the highest of highs in this life. I mean, they're seeing angels showing up, miracles happening all around them, all these people coming to know Jesus. I mean, they're doing life with God and they're experiencing the best life possible, what Jesus called the abundant life here on earth. And then in heaven right now, they're reaping the rewards of that. They're experiencing the best life possible there. Now, I seriously doubt that any of us will have to give our lives up for Jesus if we pray, God, make me bold. But I do believe that this prayer is the key to unlocking the best, most exciting life possible for you and for me. If you pray this prayer, God's gonna show up and do all sorts of crazy things in your life here on earth, and then you'll be rewarded in heaven as well. But you know what? The choice is yours. Like you can coast through life, play it safe, and wonder why nothing's really happening in your life spiritually, kind of a dud. Or you can choose to pray this gutsy, dangerous, faith-filled prayer. Make me bold, God. Make me bold. And if you pray this, watch out. Because God's going to show up in incredible ways. Let's pray. Lord, that is our prayer today. And I don't know what you have for each and every person right now who's praying this prayer, but I know you have something for them. It may be boldness at their workplace, boldness in their family, with their spouse, with their kids, boldness with their friends, spiritual boldness. Lord, I don't know in what areas you want to work, but I know that if we pray this prayer, make me bold. 
that you will show up in amazing ways, just as you did for Peter and John. So God, that's our prayer today, that we want to live the abundant life. We want to live life with you and do life with you and include you in everything. And God, we recognize that that's not praying for ease and comfort and safety. It's praying for your will to be done, no matter what. So God, I just pray for each and every one of my brothers and sisters in Christ that they would be willing to give you a chance and pray this gutsy prayer. Make me bold. Would you do that as we pray it to you now? And would you do it as we pray it in the days and weeks ahead? Would you make us all bold, Lord? In Jesus' name.